Section 41, Volume 5 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Volume 5, Section 41. When it was the five hundred and seventeenth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kafid, king of Hind, commanded his troops and armies to mount and make for the dominions of King Tegmus, saying, Get ye ready for the march, and don ye your harness of war, and let nothing stay or delay you. So we will go to him, and fall upon him, and slay him and his son, and possess ourselves of his reign. They all answered with one voice, saying, We hear and obey, and fell at once to equipping themselves and levying troops, and they ceased not their preparations for three months, and when all was in readiness, they beat the drums, and sounded the trumps, and flew the flags and banners. Then King Kafid set out at the head of his host, and they fared on till they reached the frontiers of the land of Kabul, the dominions of King Tegmus, where they began to harry the land, and do havoc among the folk, slaughtering the old and taking the young prisoners. When the news reached King Tegmus, he was wroth with exceeding wrath, and assembling his grandees and officers of state, said to them, Know that Kafid hath come to our land, and hath entered the realm we command, and is resolved to fight us hand to hand, and he leadeth troops and champions and warriors, whose number none knoweth save Allah Almighty. What deem deem ye? Replied they, O King of the age, let us go out to him, and give him battle, and drive him forth of our country, and thus deem we. So he bade them prepare for battle, and brought forth to them hauberks and cuirasses, and helmets and swords, and all manner of warlike gear, such as lay low warriors and do to death the champions of mankind. So the troops and braves and champions flocked together, and they set up the standards, and beat the drums, and sounded the trumpets, and clashed the cymbals, and piped on the pipes, and King Tegmus marched out at the head of his army to meet the hosts of Hind. And when he drew near the foe he called a halt, and encamping with his host in the Zahran Valley, hard by the frontier of Kabul, dispatched to King Kafid by messenger the following letter. Know that what thou hast done is of the doings of the villain rabble, and wert thou indeed a king, the son of a king, thou hadst not done thus, nor hadst thou invaded my kingdom, and slain my subjects, and plundered their property, and wrought upright upon them. Knowest thou not that all this is the fashion of a tyrant? Verily, had I known that thou durst harry my dominions, I had come to thee before thy coming, and had prevented thee this long while since. Yet even now, if thou wilt retire and leave mischief between us and thee, well and good. But if thou return not, 
meet me in the listed field and measure thyself with me in cut and thrust lastly he sealed his letter and committed to an officer of his army and sent with him spies to spy him out news the messenger fared forth with the missive and drawing near the enemy's camp he descried a multitude of tents of silk and satin with pennons of blue sendal and amongst them a great pavilion of red satin surrounded by a host of guards he ceased not to advance till he made this tent and found on asking that it was that of king kafid whom he saw seated on a chair set with jewels in the midst of his wazirs and emirs and grandees so he brought out the letter and straightway there came up to him a company of guards who took it from him and carried it to the king and kafid read it and wrote a reply to this purport after the usual invocations we let king tegmus know that we mean to take our blood revenge on thee and wash out our stain and waste thy reign and rend the curtain in twain and slay the old men and enslave the young men but to-morrow come thou forth to combat in the open plain and to show thee thrust and fight will i deign then he sealed the letter and delivered it to the messenger who carried it to king tegmus and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the five hundred and eighteenth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that king kafid delivered the answering letter to the messenger who carried it to king tegmus and delivered it after kissing the ground between his hands then he reported all that he had seen saying o king of the age i espied warriors and horsemen and footmen beyond count nor can i assist thee to the amount when tegmus read the reply and comprehended its contents he was with furious rage enraged and bade his wazir einzar take horse and fall upon the army of kafid with a thousand cavaliers in the middle watch of the night when they would easily ride home and slay all before them einzar replied i hear and i obey and at once went forth to do his bidding now king kafid had a wazir gatrafan by name whom he bade take five thousand horse and attack the host of king tegmus in like manner so Gatrafan did his bidding and set out on his enterprise, marching till midnight. Thus the two parties met halfway, and the wazir Gatrafan fell upon the wazir Einzar. Then man cried out against man, and there befell sore battle between them till break of day, when Kafid's men were routed and fled back to their king in confusion. As Kafid saw this, he was wroth beyond measure, and said to the fugitives, Woe to you! What hath befallen you, that ye have lost your captains? And they replied, O king of the age, as the wazir Gatrafan rode forth to fall upon king Tegmus, there appeared to us half-way, and when night was half over, the wazir Einzar, with cavaliers and champions, and we met on the slopes of Wadi Zahran but ere we were where we found ourselves in the enemy's midst i meeting i and we fought a fierce fight with them from midnight till morning many on either side being slain 
Then the wazir and his men fell to shouting and smiting the elephants on the face till they took fright at their furious blows, and turning tail to flee, trampled down the horsemen, whilst none could see other for the clouds of dust. The blood ran like a rain torrent, and had we not fled, we had all been cut off to the last man. When King Kafid heard this, he exclaimed, May the sun not bless you, and may he be wroth with you, and sore be his wrath. Meanwhile, Ein Zar, the wazir, returned to King Tegmus, and told him what had happened. The king gave him joy of his safety, and rejoiced greatly, and bade beat the drums and sound the trumpets, in honor of the victory. After which he called the roll of his troops, and behold, two hundred of his stoutest champions had fallen. Then King Kafid marched his army into the field, and drew them out, ordered for battle in fifteen lines of ten thousand horses each, under the command of three hundred captains, mounted on elephants, and chosen from amongst the dowdiest of his warriors and his champions. So he set up his standards and banners, and beat the drums, and blew the trumpets, whilst the braves sallied forth, offering battle. As for King Tegmus, he drew out his troops line after line, and, lo, there were ten of ten thousand horses each, and with him were an hundred champions, riding on his right hand and on his left. Then fared forward to the fight each renowned knight, and the hosts clashed together in their might, whilst the earth for all its wideness was straitened because of the multitude of the cavaliers, and ears were deafened by drums and cymbals beating, and pipes and hauboys sounding, and trumpets blaring, and by the thunder of horse-tramp and the shouting of men. The dust arched in canopy over their heads, and they fought a sore fight from the first of the day till the fall of darkness, when they separated, and each army drew off to its own camp. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and nineteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that each army drew off to its own camp. Then King Kafid called the roll of his troops, and finding that he had lost five thousand men, raged with great rage. And King Tegmus mustered his men, and seeing that of them were slain three thousand riders, the bravest of his braves, was wroth with exceeding wrath. On the morrow King Kafid again pushed into the plain, and did duty as before, while each man strove his best to snatch victory for himself. And Kafid cried out to his men, saying, Is there any of you will sally forth into the field, and open us the chapter of fray and fight? And, behold, came out from the ranks a warrior named Barkaik, a mighty man of war, who, when he reached the king, alighted from his elephant, and, kissing the earth before him, sought of him leave to challenge the foe to combat singular. Then he mounted his elephant, and, driving into midfield, cried out, Who is for duello? Who is for daring do? Who is for knightly devoir? When King Tegmus heard this, he said to his troops, Which of you will do single battle with this sworder? And, behold, a cavalier came out from the ranks, mounted on a charger, mighty of make, 
and driving up to the king kissed the earth before him and craved his permission to engage barkaik then he mounted again and charged at barkaik who said to him who art thou and what art thou called that thou makest mock of me by coming out against me and challenging me alone my name is Gazanfar, son of kamkil replied the kabul champion and the other i have heard tell of thee in my own country so up and do battle between the ranks of the braves hearing these words Gazanfar drew a mace of iron from under his thigh and barkaik took his good sword in hand and they laid on load till Barkaik smote Gazanfar on the head with his blade. But the Morian turned the blow, and no hurt befell him therefrom. Whereupon Gazanfar in his turn dealt Barkaik so terrible a stroke on the head with his mace that he leveled him down to his elephant's back and slew him. With this out sallied another, and crying to Gazanfar, Who be thou that thou shouldst slay my brother? hurled a javelin at him with such force that it pierced his thigh and nailed his coat of mail to his flesh then Gazanfar, feeling his hurt hent his sword in hand and smote at karkaik's brother and cut him in sunder and he fell to the earth wallowing in his life-blood whilst the challenger of kabul galloped back to king tegmus now when kafid saw the death of his champions he cried out to his troops saying down with you to the plain and strike with might and main as also did king tegmus and the two armies fought the fiercest of fights horse neighed against horse and man cried out upon man and brands were bared whilst the drums beat and the trumpets blared and horseman charged upon horseman and every brave of renown pushed forward whilst the faint of heart fled from the lunge of lance and men heard naught but slogan cry and the clash and clang of armory slain were the warriors that were slain and they stayed not from the melee till the decline of the sun in the heavenly dome when the kings drew off their armies and returned each to its own camp then king tegmus took tally of his men and found that he had lost five thousand and four standards had been broken to bits whereat he was sore and angered whilst king kafid in like manner counted his troops and found that he had lost six hundred the bravest of his braves and nine standards were wanting to the full tale the two armies ceased joining battle and rested on their arms three days space after which kafid wrote a letter and sent it by messenger to a king called fakun al kalb with whom he claimed kinship by the spindle side and this kinsman forthwith mustered his men and marched to meet the king of hind and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the five hundred and twentieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that king fakun mustered his men and marched to meet the king of hind and while as king tegmus was sitting at his pleasance there came one in to him and said i see from afar a cloud of dust spiring high in air and overspreading the lift so he commanded a company to fare forth and learn the meaning of this and crying to hear is to obey they sallied out and presently returned and said to him o king when we drew near the cloud of dust the wind rent it 
and it lifted and showed seven standards, and under each standard three thousand horse, making for King Kafid's camp. Then King Fakun joined himself to the king of Hind, and, saluting him, asked, How is it with thee, and what be this war in which thou arrest? And Kafid answered, Knowest thou not that King Tegmus is my enemy, and the murtherer of my father and brothers? Wherefore I am come forth to do battle with him, and take my brood reek on him. Quoth Fakun, The blessing of the sun be upon thee. And the king of Hind carried King Fakun al-Kalb to his tent, and rejoiced in him with exceeding joy. Such was the case of the two hostile kings. But as regards King Janshah, he abode two months shut up in his palace, without seeing his father or allowing one of the damsels in his service to come in to him, at the end of which time he grew troubled and restless, and said to his attendants, What aileth my father that he cometh not to visit me? They told him that he had gone forth to do battle with King Kafid, whereupon, quoth Janshah, Bring me my steed, that I may go to my sire. They replied, We hear and obey, and brought his horse. But he said in himself, I am taken up with the thought of myself and my love, and I deem well to mount and ride for the city of the Jews, where haply Allah shall grant me the boon to meet the merchant who hired me for the ruby business, and maybe he will deal with me as he dealt before, for none knoweth whence good cometh. So he took with him a thousand horse, and set out, the folk saying, At last Janshah hath fared forth to join his father in the field, and to fight by his side. And they stinted not, pushing on till dusk, when they halted for the night in a vast meadow. As soon as he knew that all his men were asleep, the prince rose privily, and girding his waist, mounted his horse and rode away intending to make baghdad because he had heard from the jews that a caravan came thence to their city once in every two years and he made up his mind to journey thither with the next kafila when his men awoke and missed the prince and his horse they mounted and sought him right and left but finding no trace of him rejoined his father and told him what his son had done whereat he was wroth beyond measure, and cast the crown from his head, whilst the sparks were like to fly from his mouth, and he said, There is no majesty, and there is no might but in Allah. Verily I have lost my son, and the enemy is still before me. But his wazirs and vassals said to him, Patience, O king of the age, patience bringeth weal in wake. Meanwhile Janshah parted from his lover, and pained for his father, was in sore sorrow and dismay, with heart seared and eyes tear bleared, and unable to sleep night or day. But when his father heard the loss his host had endured, he declined battle, and fled before King Kafid, and retiring to his city, closed the gates and strengthened the walls. Thereupon King Kafid followed him, and sat down before the town, offering battle seven nights and eight days, after which he withdrew to his tents to tend his wounded, while the citizens defended themselves as they best could, fortifying the place and setting up mangonels and other engines on the walls. Such was the condition of the two kings, 
and war raged between them for a space of seven years. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 41 Recording by Eva Easton Slotesburg, New York, August 2011